you're tuning in to Change It Up, the podcast. A podcast about young people challenging the status quo. I'm Sarah and I'm super excited to be in this journey with you. We Gen Z's have so much to offer this world. We're creative, inclusive, empathic and tenacious. And we're not afraid to stand up for each other. Join me and a fellow Gen Z for a weekly conversation about the behind the scenes of being a young change maker and all the things that matter to us. We're here to build connections and inspire positive change. So do you want to change the world with me? Take along. Yeah, you know, I think, and this stands for any issue we care about, I believe. Any issue we care about. If we're quiet about the issues, speaking up, no matter how nervous we are about it, is a key part to finding and finding and implementing a solution on an issue. Within menstrual equity, especially. The reason I say that is because of the stigma that's surrounding periods. The stigma has arised from a lack, well, from many things, one of which is a lack of conversation around periods. Hey everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of Change It Up. I'm Sarah and this is episode 7. And I'm really, really excited for this episode. This is another masterclass um, from the Ambassador Program. So please bear in mind that there will be some little bit difficulty with the audio because of the internet connection. But it's just an absolute treat and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. And I just wanted to say thank you guys for tuning in, for being here with me and our community and, and for all the amazing feedback um, that you guys give us. It's It truly is a pleasure of doing this and we have so much fun and we hope that you guys enjoy it as well and that you keep tuning in and that you are looking to to engage more with us. Um, please let us know if there's anything in any way that we can help you guys support you and engage more with you. And also, if you are looking for this special thing for the next season and, and for this holiday season, a gift for and a treat for yourself or for a family member, a friend, anyone that you're looking to give something special, we you can pre-order our new merchandise on the website as well. We have a link in bio on our Instagram page, which is at humanity.up. Um, and you'll find a link for the merchandise there or you can go to the shop on our website website which is www.humanity-up.com as well and it's so pretty we have a blue uh, water edition and a green earth edition and and i absolutely have so much fun the grading those and you are going to see plenty of new styles as well and merchandise in the new year so we can't wait for you guys to see it and you guys to wear it and and share this happily all around um, as well and I think something that I've been thinking a lot about is is just like this concept that we created around having conversation with young people who are defiant, who are contrarians, who are willing to change things up, who are willing to bring in a new perspective and challenge the status quo and who do it in a really meaningful and, and heartful way that they still know who they are and they know what they want to do and they really want to create deep connections and make a real impact in the world at the same time and today's guest is just without a doubt not a and today's guest is not and today's guest is without a doubt not an exception of that he um i got to know him here through uh, my sister and a couple of other friends who 
sort of in an in intricate way also know, knew about him and know him and, and he has just been such an inspiration for me as an activist as well but just also his approach to activism and his insight and his experiences just not just in this episode but also in, in a lot of other conversations just taught me of the importance of really being doing something meaningful and doing the things that and doing things in a meaningful way as well and doing everything that you're passionate about but still also taking care of yourself and and also being not being afraid to to speak about issues that is without that is without your comfort zone because Amir as a cisgender male um chats about his experience and his his work as a period activist and an activist in the period space and that is a really, really unique perspective and insight, and and I re it really taught me a lot about how we can we can bring in the conversation and we can speak up about issues that that matter to us, even though we are not the first hand we're not within the first hand experience, and just his courage and his his passion for this for this issue and for making a real change is just incredible and really, really inspiring. So I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode and just get to experience his amazing energy. Amir is a menstrual equity advocate and activist, serving as a national campaign manager at Period, a youth-led nonprofit that educates and advocates for issues of menstrual equality and period poverty. As a cisgender male, he provides a unique perspective to an issue which has traditionally been considered only a women's issue, but really affects all of us. Amir has led protests and campaigns all around the U.S. and today he also serves as a director of operation at Morgan Harbor for U.S. Senate. But what I really admire most about Amir is is how he's conscious of not losing himself and and highlighting how we need to take care of one another, how we how we need another one another in this fight. That we cannot achieve any real and sustainable impact if we don't take care of each other and if we are not together in this fight as well and and how it takes healthy and heal people to to heal and help other people as well and and for me that perspective just really highlights what we what we need to do as GNCs and and our perspective that we need change and that we want change and that we are impatient for change but we can't create any real impact unless we do it together and that's what we are all about here at Humanity Up. That's that's the core of our organization as well and and that's just a beautiful way of introducing you guys to this week's conversation. So without further ado, let's bring on Amir. so much Amir for joining us. Um, I was so excited to to have this talk with you and to finally sit down and have a conversation with you about your amazing journey about the work that you do. Um, so let's just start and jump into it. I want to know for the first thing I want to know is that um, we are all about supporting each other, growing and expanding ourselves. So just to dive in and start, I just want to know if there's anything in lately you have been stepping outside your comfort zone or anything that you've done that's just sort of challenged you lately. <laughs> well, first of all, hi everyone. Thank you for having me. 
<laughs> it's uh it's exciting to be on with you all uh you know I've, I've heard good great things about everything you do and i've um kept up with all the great work that you all do and so you know i'm happy to be here and i'm very thankful for that so that's um but you know i i constantly try to, to put myself in, in positions where i'm um you know where i'm, I'm able to grow and and be in and be uncomfortable you know um and recently actually i'll be uh, joining a political campaign mm. um on an official level and so uh you know i've been doing that for i've been an activist and an organizer for some time but um now really officially working on a political campaign um it's a little different it's a little different you know um and there are things that uh i'm gonna need to learn there are things that um i may not be as used to you know uh, doing and so that for me has been you know over the last couple of weeks uh putting myself in that you know new position where now i'm i'm in a maybe a, a less um a less known role for myself right it's something new to me it, it feels like you know i'm learning a lot more um i wouldn't say uncomfortable but i would say uh you know uh it's it's different it's different for mm. sure you know <laughs> it's so, definitely preferring that state out yeah very exciting though very mm. exciting and so um i'm happy that I, that i had this opportunity and so i'm you know um i'll let you all know how it continues to to go i'm sure it's going to be great yes we love to hear it oh my god great um so i wanted to to start by just sort of diving in as you said about into your journey about how you the journey that led you into the space of becoming an activist but also most like particularly uh leading into to the space of menstrual equity <laughs> and and to fighting um against period poverty yeah you know um I'll, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think uh, if you talk to me when I was in high school, so I graduated high school in 2013. If you talk to me when I was in high school and you, you told me I was going to be doing work around, you know, menstrual equity and period poverty, I probably would have laughed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would have been surprised for sure. I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, you know, because growing up, you know, growing up and going through high school wasn't something that you know the guys in my class talked about. It's nothing we talked about. We didn't even think about it. Like. We just as guys, we just didn't think about it. It was just something, you know, it was not a conversation that came up. And so um when it when we would hear something about periods or something throughout our throughout the day, we kind of just, you know, looked like what do we why are we having this conversation? It was very quote unquote, you know, it was really weird. And so I get into college and I've, I've again I've always been an activist, you know, from a young age organizing around, you know, different issues, but Uh, and when once I was in university, I also, you know, stepped that up a little bit more. I started organizing around, you know, quite a few things. And um, towards my last year of university, I had an organization. I was a president of an organization called Humanism in Medicine. And what we did there is um, we brought in uh, students who wanted to be doctors, students who wanted to be dentists, students who wanted to be nurses, you know, anyone who wanted to go in the healthcare field. And we wanted to, you know, bring everyone together and kind of give them a voice and uh, support each other in every way that we can and that sort of thing. And one thing that we did is I started a blog. It was called Out on a Limb. And it's still up, I, I think. And on that blog, the, the goal of that blog was to give a voice to the students across campus, 
at the university I was going to, the Ohio State University. Um, and this is a huge university. I mean, we have over 60,000 students. And so, you know, we wanted to be able to, anyone, whoever is on campus, because it's such a big school, there's so many students there, sometimes your voice gets lost within the mix. And so, you know, our goal wasn't to reach 60,000 students necessarily. It was more so, even if it reaches 10 or 100 or 300 or 2,000 people, that's good. That's good enough because we just want people to hear each other's voices. And so one student, she wrote uh, for the blog, she wrote a piece for the blog about period poverty and she wrote about menstrual equity. And, you know, before it's posted, I read it. I have to read it, edit, edit, you know, make sure everything looks good. And so I read through it and I was like, wow, like that's crazy. Like it blew my mind. Uh, you know, I was, I was very surprised um, and really just ignorant to the idea that this was even an issue. I, I had no idea that this could even be a problem. I mean, I couldn't even imagine that this was, you know, something that was going on. Um, and so, you know, we published the piece and I reached out to her and I was like, hey, you know, did a great job, but like, this is crazy. I've never heard of anything like this. I mean, thank you for writing about this, that sort of thing. And that was kind of the end of it. But two weeks later, she reached out to me and she said, hey, I'm going to start, I want to start an organization on campus here at the university. Um, it's going to be part of a larger organization called Period. So we're just going to be a little chapter, a part of, part of this larger organization called Period. But to do that, I need just some support. If you could support me in starting it, that would be great. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm happy to help anyone. I'll help her start it. And that's kind of, you know, be the end of it. Um, fast forward three years later, and now I still work here. <laughs> you know, so that they got you. They got me, you know, that, that brought me in, you know, brought me in. We started the organization and from the first week we started working on changing policy, you know, removing over here in the States, you know, and some, some of the States, they tax, they have a tax on, um, tampons and pads and, and menstrual products. And so, um, the state that I'm in, in Ohio, we, from the first week we started fighting that and it took us two years, but we were able to, um, able to support, you know, some of our leaders and, and legislators to pass a policy in order to remove that taxation off of these menstrual products. So, mm. uh, menstrual products are no longer taxed as luxury items here in the state of Ohio because of that work. And so, you know, it was very, yeah, it was great to see, you know, and you get a win like that. And, and it's, it's so nice because it's a lot of just students, high school students, college students, you know, all these different organizations coming together to do something like that. Um, and so, you know, I had graduated and um, I started, you know, they offered me to kind of get a little more involved and slowly, 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 I, I built my way up there. And um, now I'm national campaign manager uh, you know, overseeing 300, 350 chapters about policy and, and menstrual equity legislation and uh, trying to combat this issue, not only across the country here in the States, but across the world. So, yeah. Wow. It's, it's great. I was just thinking about, you know, all the steps on your journey and sort of uh, the things that sort of led you on to just taking one step after another. And I was just thinking, what is in, in your journey, a lot of the qualities and experience that that has sort of guided you on this journey and and led you to where you are today and also what has it taught you about yourself maybe something surprising or anything that that you learn about yourself along the way yeah you know that, that's a good question and um you know when when i look at it 
to me, the key qualities and experiences that really guided me uh, to get to where I am today and really be on my journey and just grow was having a strong base of values, right? What do you believe in? What are you willing to fight for, right? What are you willing to stand up for? And though we need to understand that we, like there are things that we have to compromise, right? There are things that maybe we like that other people may not like, and we have to work with them. But there are some things that we need to understand within ourselves, right? Values that we have that no matter what happens, this is something that I'm always going to stick with. I don't care who likes it. I don't care who doesn't, because this is something that I believe is not, it's not about me, right? It's about bettering my community. And that is what really, uh, what I really focused on is service and serving my community. And to me, that was that till today, that's something that I carry with me everywhere. And it's something that I'm never willing to compromise on. Mm-hmm. If it's not good for the community and not good for all the people, then I'm, it's not worth doing it to me, right? I'm not going to do something that only benefits me, but harms other people. That is not, it's, it's just not part of my values. And I, I don't care what it is. It's not worth it at the end of the day, right? It's not worth any money. It's not worth any fame. It's none of that. Right. And so really grounding yourself and understanding what that key quality is for you is going to be, you know, extremely important here. Because for me, again, like I said, it was serving my community. And so I began to, as I kind of started to grow, I wanted to do things that were focused on serving my community. And so I took that first step and, you know, having this organization that brings in people who wanted to go into healthcare so we can give them a voice, right? It slowly builds, you know, and then building this um, blog so that people can amplify their voice, right? And it's, it's slowly, you know, at, when you're doing it, you don't really know where it's going. And then, you know, this one student writes and then, I'm okay, again, I want to serve my community. I want to help people. And then, you know, she asks me for support. I support her in this one thing. And I think, all right, that's it. And then, you know, it takes me to the next. And so it just keeps building and building and building. And you don't know where it's going to go, but something I can guarantee you is if you put the people first, if you put your community first, if you, uh, you know, fight for people and, and you focus on bettering people's lives and you're positive and, and really you have a pure heart in everything you do and the people you meet with, then I guarantee you, you know, you're going to go places and you're going to be, you know, everything else will come, right? You're going to do big things. And um, I think that speaks to how, how really when, when you focus on uplifting other people, you're going to be uplifting yourself as well. Um, and so that's, that was something that I just, you know, still continues to be important to me. And I've seen how it's helped me grow, right? It's, I've seen how people respond to that, right? I've met all types of people, people who worked on presidential campaigns, people who've, you know, who worked on so many different issues, people who are, you know, on the highest levels in academia and people who are just getting started and young students and kids in the eighth, seventh grade. And, you know, people who have like three PhDs, like, you know, you meet all types of people and every single person responds well to that message of I'm here to just support people and, and do the best that I can to better people's lives, you know, because everyone understands that. I mean, I think that's what humanity is about. I think naturally we as people, 
want to help each other naturally. We as people want to love each other naturally. We as people want to be able to better our own lives, the lives of our kids and our family and our community and our neighbors and our friends. We want to see people happy. That's what's natural, right? Um, everything else that's coming in, right? All this uh, selfishness and, and all of that. I don't, I don't believe that's, that's a natural thing. I think that comes from all these different issues uh, that have arised. And so that's something that I've stuck with. That was a key quality of mine, uh, you know, and it still is a key quality of mine, um, you know, serving other people. That's one of my base values. And um, it's really guided me on the path that I'm, at, I'm on today. And I expect that it will continue to do that. And, you know, it, it, it's not that I was surprised about anything about myself, but I've for sure seen how I've grown um, into, you know, just becoming a better person overall. And I know that sounds, you know, like something out of a movie or, <laughs> you know, it's like corny, but. Yeah, well, it's corny to say for reasons. Right? You know, it's true though, right? It's true. Really, you see yourself become, become better and, and, and you see how it impacts your, the people around you because, you know, sometimes you, sometimes people need someone around them who's doing this work for them to understand, you know, understand this thing. And I wasn't the first to do that, right? It was the people around me that were doing great work. And I always thank them for it because they were the ones who were doing great work that made me feel like, oh, wait, that is the right thing to do, right? Serving my community, that's the right thing to do. I mean, I didn't come up with this idea, right? It's really the, the people that I was lucky enough to be around, my friends, my family, who were doing this work already that made me feel like, oh, yeah, like that is what's important in life, helping other people and making, you know, uplifting other people and helping them in any way that you can. And vice versa, they'll do the same for you. I, I, I truly believe that people will do the same for you. And as long as I have that in mind, as long as we have that in mind and, and base it off of that, I think we'll be okay. And so, um, yeah, having, you know, you being that person within your group and within your community is going to help uplift other people to do that same thing. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's just, that's something that's been really important to me and something that I've seen is it, it's like a domino effect, right? Mm, just yeah. one after the other, you know, one person did that and it made me see that. And I, that's why I am the way I am now. And hopefully, I mean, my goal is, I hope that if I'm able to do this, I hope that I inspire other people to be able to do this as well and they inspire other people and it just kind of goes on so. yeah i love that such a great advice and and i was just like what what you talk about the way that you're able to to use that effect as someone like literally like bearing the torch for someone else seeing how in your community people has been able to stand up for you and you sort of seeing how impactful that which is not just for yourself but also seeing how that that affected others and i was sort of segueing into to our topic of the day i just wanted to see in your experience of of being sort of this unconventional being a male and assistant the male in the uh, the period movement and your experience with being that and why do you think it's so important that that we have a lot of non-menstruating allies within this movement going forward in the future yeah you know i think if you look at any issue any issue it's difficult for for you to stand up and do something on your own right um you always it's it's important for different communities for 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 people from all different perspectives to come in and join together to better a specific situation. Right. And it's with, uh, you know, with the people that, that do come in, they have to understand that you need to put 
you need to center the people who are being affected the most and listen to the people who are being affected the most by any issue because they're going to know what solutions they need and they're going to know what's best for them. You can't come in and say, hey, this is, this is your problem. This is your solution. No, it's not. This is your problem. This is your solution. They're going through the issue. They understand what they need. You listen to them and help support them through that. And so when we look at you know menstrual equity and period poverty and combating this issue, you see a lot of cis you know, cisgendered males, <clears throat> a lot of us, uh, we, this is not a conversation we like to have first and foremost, right? We don't talk about it, right? There's, there's a stigma around period mm. poverty. Um, and, and so we see how that's led to so many other issues. If you're not able to talk about an issue, how are you going to be able to fix an issue? You're not going to be able to, the first part of it is communication. If you can't communicate then we're having a problem there. That's just going to keep going on. And so for us to be able to combat specifically menstrual equity and period poverty, the menstruators, the women, they already know that this is <laughs> period poverty is a problem. I mean, exactly. you know what I mean? They already know they get that. They get that, you know, um, and they've been fighting for it. So they know the solution. They know what needs to be done. We don't need to come in and say, oh, hey, by the way, period poverty is a problem. We need to fix it. They understand that. What's the issue here, right? Let's look at it. What's the issue at hand? Well, there's something that's standing in our way of fixing and combating period poverty. What is that? That's the patriarchy. That's a lot of men that aren't being involved in this. That's a lot of men who aren't willing to talk about this because of the stigma. That needs to break down. And the way we do that is through bringing together, you know, non-menstruators, bringing together men bringing them into this movement, having them have these conversations, making it more normal, normalizing it, because it is normal, right? It's, it's this, uh, this patriarchy and the stigma that's made it seem so, you know, something that's like out of this world. It's not the case. <laughs> and so that's why it's important to bring in allies and people from different communities, people from different perspectives, people from different cultures who have all these different views on it, but we come together to one understanding that period poverty is an issue, that menstrual equity is the right way for us to go, and that we need to fix it through so-and-so solution. Um, and when you have that broad range of people that come together, you're going to be able to combat the issue uh, in a much better way. And I was just thinking when you said talk about like already knowing the solutions and, and finding the different solutions, uh, what do you think is like the best way to move forward? And do you think that, that moving forward um, and, and sort of solving uh, period poverty or com combating period poverty has that to do with also combating uh, toxic masculinity and how, how we use the masculine energy both I think within males and females or whatever gender that we identify with. But I think in that like larger conversation all about gender equality and about fighting or combating toxic masculinity how do you think those two are linked together and and what are the, some of the solutions that we can already start to implement in our lives mm -hmm. you know so yeah yeah so all of it is tied together to your point it is all tied together um right we see how so again it goes back to the stigma around periods it goes back to uh this patriarchal system right that um it's it's kind of like a supremacy of a gender a sub, you know supremacy of the male gender essentially and you know uplifting and and um non-menstruating men you know and and really like they are 
the peak almost is kind of the way, you know, we've seen society just push it out. And that needs to be torn down. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to put it. You need to tear down the, that patriarchy because that, that's the standard that's set, which shouldn't be the case because now anything that's not a straight white man has become weird and not normal mm -hmm. and odd and not the right way about things, right? That's not the case. That's a false narrative. And we need to break down that narrative. And we do that through conversations. And so, you know, when we look at toxic masculinity, that exactly is toxic masculinity, right? That's a huge part of toxic masculinity. You know, the patriarchy, that's, that's what it's about. And so bringing that down, having conversations, you know, having conversations with people from a younger age, right? Through education, you know, once, once we're, once you get a lot of men who have gone through the process, you know, and we see this often, it's like older men are much less, you know, interested in having these conversations mm -hmm. than maybe, you know, maybe a, a boy in, I don't know, the seventh grade or something. I mean, they're more open to it. They're just kind of curious what's going on, you know? And so it's not something that's ingrained in their head. And so starting from a younger age, having these conversations with young people all the way to older people, it's not, we shouldn't be leaving older people out of this conversation too. They need to understand this is just as important. You know, it's just easier when we start off earlier, for sure. And so having conversations, talking about this issue of period poverty, talking about menstrual equity, talking about menstruation normally, talking about what periods are, it's normal. It's not, you know, including it in our, you know, in our um, education system, not just in a textbook where it says menstrual cycle and it just shows you some type of weird graph or something, mm. like actually having a conversation about what this is right? Normalizing it, talking about how it is the key to life. No periods, no you. That's very simple. Okay. If you can, if we don't have periods, we don't have people. Or I think, you know, like, it's just like, it, it's, it's one plus one equals two. It's very simple. <laughs> right. And so really understanding the importance of what periods are even right what a menstrual cycle is talking about how it's a normal bodily function all this starts hopefully would start if we you know is what we should be doing we should be starting it from a younger age so that as people get older it's just a part of their life it's something they know it's not something they've never heard of the re the issue now is that someone goes through their life and now they're 30 years old and they're like oh what's a period and that's the case. Like, that's not abnormal to hear. Like, I, I hear a lot of people who are like 30 years old, like, yeah, what's a period? I don't even know. Like, what oh, periods wow. are. And it's like, oh, man, you got a lot. You yeah, you just cringe. Yeah. You're like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it, it's, it's all about conversations and education and educating each other, right? And consistently talking about it. And, and sometimes it's difficult. I mean, you, we need to meet people where there are. It's not always the people's fault. You know, I, I don't like to say, you know, if someone grew up in maybe a conservative household where, you know, this is something that their family never talked about. And now they're 25 years old, first time out there, first time hearing about it. That's not someone I'm, I'm going to vilify. That's not someone I'm going to blame this on because they grew up in, in this system and they grew up in, they grew up this way. And now this is their first exposure to it. It's not necessarily their fault. But it is on them to go out and learn about it after hearing about it, that it is their duty to do that. Right. Um, and so it's really just changing the system, having conversations and building that conversations. And we have to do that 
um, you know, in a patient way. We have to have patience with all of this and understanding that it's difficult, but we also have to have urgency. So we need to be patient in conversations, but we need to be urgent and motivated in, in combating it because this is not an issue that should be, you know, ongoing the way it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of the uh, you talk about about the uh, the sort of starting conversation and, and education, and I was just thinking, do you have some great resources where if people wanted to to know more about sort of the issue of growth, like how do we uh, how do we combat period poverty, or in general, just like talking about menstruation, talking about purity, um, and just getting to learn more things to be able to speak up about it. Yeah, you know, um, we, so at period, um, we have an education, part of what we do, we have three pillars, we have service, education, we have advocacy. And one of the things that we're diving even deeper into is the uh, education aspect of it, right? Educating folks on what periods are, educating folks on what menstrual equity is, that sort of thing. And um, hopefully we'll be having things up on our website soon. So at period.org. Um, you know, folks can go on there and kind of learn a little more, but um, also feel free to reach out to us, you know, at info at period.org. And we'll be happy to connect anyone with different organizations that we work with um, to help support more on that education aspect. Great. I absolutely love that. And I think definitely we're going to spread that word because it's such an important issue that I think a lot of us know inherently, as you said, we know it. And and even for me as a female, I, I know that it's an issue, but it's not something, especially when you come from like me from a right Scandinavian country, <laughs> like basically we have a lot of white supremacy in, in, in our part of the world and we're really privileged. And and that's an issue that, that you know exists, but but it's, it's close to you, but it's not something that you're aware of to the extent that it's actually such a global issue. Um, and I think in talking about uh, sort of spreading it globally and doing something about it as a global issue, uh, mm-hmm. not just speaking up about it, but how can we sort of personally, not just educate, educating ourselves, but personally sort of something that we can implement in our daily lives to, to either support the movement or to like get to know it that they are ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think, and this stands for any issue we care about, I believe, any issue we care about. If we're quiet about the issues, then there's going to be no awareness on the issue and there's going to be no solution on the issue, right? Speaking up, no matter how nervous we are about it, is a key part to finding and finding and implementing a solution on an issue. Within menstrual equity, especially. The reason I say that is because of the stigma that's surrounding periods. The stigma has arised from a lack, well, from many things, one of which is a lack of conversation around periods. You know, uh, there are a lot of a lot of women and, and that we've spoken to at period, even through our conversations, who even tell us, yeah, like me and my mom growing up didn't even talk about it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, my brothers weren't allowed to even be in like the vicinity in the room anywhere around us if I were to talk to my mom about it, right? Or to my friends about it. Like me and my friends don't even talk about it because we feel like it's weird. It's wrong to talk about, you know, breaking that stigma and having those conversations is that first step. In my house growing up, my mom didn't care. She's like, yeah, I'm going to talk about it. You're going to listen. Like, you know, like I I love that. And I had to, I have two younger sisters and anytime I go into the bathroom, into the restroom on the counter, there's always a stack of boxes of menstrual products, like on, in the corner. 
And it was always like that for me growing up. And so in my house, I was very normal for me, you know, to hear about this and listen and, and talk about it. Like it was, you know, it's not like I would be engaging and leading the conversation. That's not the case. But, you know, I would, if they were to talk about it, my mom wouldn't say, hey, I mean, you have to leave so I can talk to your sister. She'd ask them questions or she'd talk about it. And I, I've seen how that's helped, how that's put me in a position to be more open to listening about this and then getting me to the position I am today and feeling confident and comfortable and, and having these conversations. Um, and that also comes from all the incredible women around me, right? When I joined period at first, I was so quiet and awkward about this. Like I was like, Oh, okay. I'm here to support. I don't say anything. <laughs> your mouth and sit back. <laughs> and, and the women around me were like, Hey, are you okay? Like what's going on? They was like, I'm good. Like, no, you need to speak up. Like, that's why you're here so, so they, you know i thank them all the time for giving me the platform also and the confidence to be able to speak about it and it gives me confidence to speak to my friends about it the other guys about it right the other men about it so conversations and we've been saying it throughout this whole call conversations are a key to implementing and finding solutions and so for us for menstrual equity the longer that we have these conversations, the more and more we'll be breaking down the stigma, the more and more we're going to be able to actually talk about the specific issue at hand and what's causing the period poverty and how we fix period poverty. Right. I've seen when people go into rooms, we've, we've spoken with a congressman who, when the word period is talked about, they roll their eyes. Like they're in the fourth grade. They like, they roll their eyes and their head. Like it's, mm. what, is, like, what are you a child? Or what are you doing? Even children don't do this, you know, and it's, this is an issue that that people are going through on so many levels. Right. And you're rolling your eyes at us. And the reason they're doing that is because they, they feel so like, like, what is this? Like, they've never even heard about this problem. Right. But if these were conversations that they were hearing throughout their life, then now when someone's coming into this room and talking to them about it, they'll be more inclined to listen. They have an understanding of it. And I mean, a lot of it has to do with their personality because someone comes in and tells you, hey, I'm having this problem and you roll their eyes also. Like, what kind of person are you? I mean, there's, you know, that's another conversation to have. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, there's an aspect of it there that the stigma has caused, that it's, it's become, you know, very odd for us to talk about periods. And so that's uh, turned people away from the conversation because people don't want to have these awkward conversations, right? But again, the more we have them, the, the less the stigma will be there and the more likely we will be able to, you know, implement these solutions. So, yeah, conversations and uh, conversations are key, really. So key. And I think also, especially when in, in, the, in the male space, like men to men, how do we educate them as, as going further? So, so I wanted to take it in a little bit different direction because something that I was really curious about and something that we discuss a lot in Scandinavia is the, is the case sort of 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 the impact, the environmental in impact of, of period product. And, and something that a lot of the amazing um, things that has been invented is sort of the period cup. And, and the way that it has been, for, for me personally, it has helped my life so much easier. But I think for a lot of people that this is a thing that you can use for so many years, it saves you a lot of money. It also saves the environment a lot of, uh, a lot of ways. Um, so I was just curious about, because I haven't really seen you guys really talk a lot about it, but is this that something that you are trying to implement, trying to spread and, and do something about it, uh, both for the environment, but also for, for the cost sake and, and helping people socially? Yeah. So I, I will start saying that, um, you know, 
menstrual products in general, we've seen that, yeah, they've had an impact, you know, they end up in landfills and, mm. you know, of course we can be doing uh, better from that side of things, you know, um, menstrual products came out. They're great, a great alternative, you know, um, reusable pads, a great alternative, but that being said, these are only good alternatives for people who are able to use them. What I mean is this, we look at a lot of areas, not only in other countries, but even here in the United States, not everyone is going to have 24 hour access to running water. If you don't have 24 hour access to running water, then menstrual cups are going to be a problem for mm. you. It's a struggle to use and same thing with menstrual pads. And so that's something we need to understand because I hear a lot of environmentalists come at us because, and that's why we don't uh, often, you know, really promote it though. We do donate a lot of these products and mm. we help push them out, but we do it on a, on a lower level um, because we see a lot of environmentalist activists who they do incredible work, but sometimes I shake my head a little bit and I, I have conversations with them about it because, you know, they're really, really pushing this and saying, Hey, anyone who doesn't use, you know, reusable menstrual products, then they're the problem. No, they're not the problem. The system's exactly. the problem. And you're just bra blaming these people, <laughs> you know, uh, the problem is they don't have 24 access to running water. They don't have access to all these different things that you have as someone who's privileged that someone like all, you know, all of us here. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, we have even like, I mean, the privilege of, of having internet at any point in time to just jump on here and go research something. I mean, we have all these privileges that a lot of people don't have, and that's important to understand it. Mm -hmm. And so we can't be blaming them for specific things. So that's a good question you ask is, is what are we doing about that? And really that's, that's also talking through this process, right? Understanding, well, though we have these alternatives, it's not always what's best for everyone to use, for the people to use, because they have so many systems and so many things that have oppressed them, that have put them in such a terrible position that now they can't even use these re re reusable products. They can't use these reusable products. Well, that's a fully word there. <laughs> but... Uh, you see what I mean? And so exactly. for that reason, we do promote, you know, for the, what I, what we often say is for those people who are able to use reusable menstrual products with no issue at all, then we do recommend doing so, right? If you're comfortable using them, but for people who aren't able to then use what you can, and that's totally fine as well. And we want to support people in whatever way we can to keep combating period poverty. And that even comes to the conversation of different menstrual products. Some people, they don't use, they don't use tampons. And so, you know, if, if you go and say, hey, take tampons, this is all you get. That's not fair either. Yeah. Not everyone uses tampons. That's not the way you go about it. We need to be able to give people access to the menstrual products that they believe and are, uh, are best for them and that they are comfortable using, whether that's menstrual products, whether that's pads, whether, or whether that's, I'm sorry, tampons, whether that's pads, whether that's menstrual cups, whatever it may be. We need to give those the people the options to to use what they're comfortable with and what's best for them in their circumstance, um, and um, you know, we kind of go from there. I mean, 
I'm not going to hate on someone who's using tampons because they're not using menstrual cups and say, hey, you're destroying the environment. You know, you know what's destroying the environment? All these big corporations. <laughs> That's what's destroying. Trust me, two tampons aren't going to kill us. I, I, I guarantee you that. Okay. So, you know what I mean? So that's just the conversation we need yeah, to have exactly. with people and pushing and that I, And I love this, like, the, the way that you have sort of the neuron perspective that it's sort of, it's a systemic thing, right? It, it's a thing where when you have the privilege and you have the freedom to do so, it's something that of course is, is a way that you can take responsibility for yourself and for the environment and for your community and et cetera, give you more freedom, whatever it is that you want. But it, in, in the case of the bigger picture, it's something that we need to fight systemically because someone has a barrier to actually reach that that level in your society and and for someone like me having the absolute freedom to choose it it's not the, the case for anyone else and i think that's a, such an important message to learn that that even though it's, it's a liberty for someone else it's actually not an opportunity for someone else mm -hmm. um so i think about a lot about a lot of the work that you do and a lot of the work that especially a lot of, of, of we do here, um, I was just thinking because there seems to be a special thing about our generations, about Gen Z's. What do you think is, is our special power in, in sort of fighting this systemic, whether it's racism, whether it's, it's gender inequality or whatever it is that we're fighting, whether it's environment, uh, we have a lot, of, a lot of power behind us. So um, is there something specific that you think about? Yeah, I think that's unity. I think our generation is really united in understanding that though there are some differences we have, we understand that there are specific things that we need to be able to combat and um, implement. And what that is, is not equality, but equity, right? Uh, giving everyone the same opportunity, giving everyone, you know, the opportunity and the space and, and, um, and really the tools to to grow the way they, they feel like they would like to. And, you know, we've seen how other generations, there are, they're very split on a lot of things and there's a gridlock there that's really stopped us from moving forward as a society. And I think our, our generation has really united in understanding what we need to do to better society as a whole, right? Which is very important. Um, and so when I look around and I see a lot of the younger people, people our age who are really coming together and fighting these different issues, it's inspiring to see how, how united we are and how we have this message of wanting to better everyone's lives, right? We put aside, for the most part, we put aside the selfish aspect of things. We put ourselves aside and we think about, you know, everyone uh, together as one. And... I think throughout history, we see that that's happened here and there, here and there, here and there. And anytime it does, we see great things come of it. And I think we're in that point in history right now where our generation is very united on wanting to better the world and better society around them in so many different ways that great things are going to come uh, from all the work that we do. Mm, I love that. It's such a great, uh, great thing. I think definitely unity. We have a lot of sort of our message is is finding unity in diversity. Exactly about allowing the differences of of the people of of all the way that we express ourselves, but coming together in actually sort of being different or being who we are. And and so I love that you pointed out the way that that unity is something that that is really special about our generation. And I think I absolutely agree. I think it's it's something that that we have it like a really deep sense of wanting to come together, even though we recognize that we have a lot of different 
cultural, social backgrounds, but but that we actually can unite even despite our differences, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so for anyone going down the journey of trying to to find something they're passionate about, uh, or getting into to the journey of being a change maker, or maybe even already being on that path but wanting to to take the journey further, what would your your best advice be uh, to someone like that? I think you know it goes back to to the first thing we talked about, right? Grounding yourself in your values um, and grounding yourself in service and serving other people. Um, you know, finding ways that you're going to be able to better the lives of society around you, how you're going to be able to connect yourself with the community around you and uplift everyone together, how it's not just about you, but it's about all of us, right? How it's really about bringing everyone together, like we're saying, um, to unite on on something that's that's going to fight for everyone, something that's going to be best for everyone, something that's really going to better all our lives, not only my life, right? Um, and so with that though, and we talk a lot about that, right. And I talk a lot about, you know, being about everyone, being about everyone around me, supporting everyone around me. This is, I think that's key. That's important, but you need to focus on yourself too. All right. Your mental health is so important in so many different ways. And often people like us, like everyone on this call, we are focused on trying to do all these great things and jump from this thing to this thing to this thing. And, you know, I want to help my friend here and I want to help my brother and sister here and I want to do this and I want to do that. And you're, we're doing so many things and we forget about ourselves. And when you forget about yourself, you get burnt out. And when you get burnt out, your mental health declines. And when your mental health declines, you're not able to help anyone. Mm. It's difficult. And so before even grounding yourself in, in service and, and trying to better your community and the lives of people around you, you need to be able to put yourself in that position to be able to do that. And so understanding yourself and giving yourself the space to love yourself, giving yourself the space to just enjoy, enjoy, enjoy you, enjoy, you know, enjoy who Sarah is, enjoy who Millie is, like, who, like, who are you? What do you like to do? You know? Give yourself that space, set boundaries. Don't always, you know, allow for people to come in and ask things of you when you're in your own personal time, when you're focusing on yourself, right? Because you at your best, that's when you're able to help people to the best of your ability. And that is what's key here. You need to be at your best to help people to the best of your ability. And so taking care of yourself physically, taking care of yourself mentally, is going to put you in the position to do exactly that. And so those are the two things that I think are, are key and advice, I think, for anything that we do, focusing on ourselves, bettering ourselves, putting us in, in the best position to help other people. And then when we're able to help other people, once we feel good about ourselves, then we focus on serving, right? We focus on bettering our community, serving our community, asking them what they need and supporting them in that. So those, those, that's kind of where I, I lie. And, mm. I'm focused Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, I think it's such a great advice and something that, that we all can learn a lot from, but also that, that means so much for us and is always learning to, to come and take care of ourselves first because heal people only heal people, right? Um, that's right. the way that we do it. Um, so, so the last question uh, I wanted to, before we sort of wind this up, I wanted to ask you if you could say or give any message to, to your fellow Gen Z's out there, um, what would you tell them? Keep going. 
We're doing good. <laughs> we are doing, <laughs> doing good. great. All right. So keep going. We're doing a great job. I think stay motivated. Keep doing everything you're doing. Um, we're doing incredible work and it's difficult. It's not easy, right? It's not easy work, um, but we're seeing the changes already. Our voice is, has just been incredible. Our voice has really reached so many different levels and, and we've seen the change that it's making. Right. Um, but with that, you know, we see how we're, we're also, our generation is burning out a lot, right? I mean, uh, and that goes back to just what I was saying. Our generation is burning out a lot. I, I you know, I want us to keep pushing, mm. but to specific degrees. It's kind of like handing off the baton, right, to the next person, right? So, like, I'll sprint and I'll run and I'll do everything the best I can, and then I'll give you and, and I'll take maybe some time for myself to, you know, to take a break and then you run with it and it keeps going. And then you, you pass it on to Millie and Millie keeps running and she'll, you know, keep going. You give yourself some time to relax. And we kind of take care of each other in that way in that, Hey, it's okay for Sarah to relax because I'll take care of everything for now. Like we're doing good. We're a community. We're working as a community. And so, you know, understanding each other and uh, is going to be important. And I, I hope that we all continue to do that. I think we have been doing that. And just continuing to do that and looking out for each other and loving each other and, and watching out for each other and making sure that we're all accountable, you know, stay hydrated, telling each other to stay hydrated, <laughs> telling each other to get enough sleep, telling each other to take a step back and just relax and just, you know, enjoy doing what we love to do. That's going to be extremely important to help us seat. keep going. Yeah, get outside. It's going to help us keep going. It's going to help us to keep pushing mm -hmm. at the level that we are now. And we're doing a great job, but that only comes again uh, through being able to be at our best. Exactly. And so, yes, keep pushing, but also make sure you're taking care of yourself. Make sure you're loving yourself. Um, and yeah, we're doing great. I'm excited for everything that's to come for us. Yay, I absolutely love that. So if people want to, to keep connecting with you and, uh, and following your amazing work or following the work of, of Period uh, or even join the Period movement, uh, how can they find you and where can they connect with you? Yeah, so uh, you should uh, check out at Period Movement on Instagram, at Period Movement. Uh, follow them if you don't already. Uh, we're doing incredible work there. Uh, if you want to follow my work, feel free to reach out to me at Amir Abdul. I can put it in here, A-M-E-E-R-A-B-D-U-L. Um, but feel free to reach out to me at any time. And if there's anything you need, if there's anything I can ever support anyone on, feel free to reach out. Um, I'm, I'm here. Happy to help. Perfect. Great. Thank you so much, Mia. It's been such a blast and, and I have learned so much already uh, and I've been, been such a pleasure talking to you. So thank you for, for jumping on with us and, and talking with me and the rest of our team today. Yeah, no, and thank you all. Thank you all for giving me the time and it's just, it's so great to be with you all here today. And I mean, you're all doing such incredible work and I really appreciate it and, and love everything you're doing. So thanks for having me. episode was brought to you by Humanity. Thank you for tuning in and for being part of this amazing community. I'll see you next time.